today. Um, Pastor Pickett prayed that uh, that I would be uh, blessed and anointed as I shared the word. I'm going to share the word about the word today. You know, Jesus ended uh, the Sermon on the Mount, the most famous sermon in the Bible, by telling a story. And the story was about these two guys, and they went out and they built these houses. And they built them on different foundations. And one built a house on, on uh, you know, a firm foundation. And the other built the house on a sandy, weak, flimsy foundation. And then, of course, the unexpected uh, winds came. We don't know anything about that here, but, uh, but trust me, there are such a thing as winds. You know, the trials, the storms of life, uh, and, and it all hit the homes, and the floods rose, and the winds came, and the rains came, and we know the story. The man who built that house on the firm foundation, his house stood strong. Because he had built it according, according to hurricane uh, code and all. Yes. The one who built it on the flimsy foundation, the sandy soil, was destroyed. Jesus says after the story, he says in Matthew seven twenty four, Everyone who hears the words of mine, that's the word of God, that's the scriptures. We have the word of God, the words of Jesus. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like that wise man who built his house on the rock. We hear the word and we put the word into practice. How do you build your life on the scriptures? How do you know that you're building it on the firm foundation so the storms and trials and difficulties of life, they come along, but you will not be shaken because you are standing firm on the word of God. You know, we don't know what's going to happen the rest of 2017. We've already experienced a lot, haven't we? Plane crashes into our parking lot. Hurricane. What, what, what next? What, what else in 2017? We don't know. We don't have a clue what's going to happen in 2018 or 2019. We don't know what storms are going to come our way. But if you are not built on solid rock, on the foundation of something that doesn't shift, you're, you're going to crumble, just like, just like in the story that Jesus told. So we're going to turn to James chapter 1, the book of James. We're going to look at verses 19 down to 25, and we're going to look at, at how, how God has, has wired you and shaped you. You know, you, God has given us different senses, right? And that's how we relate to the, to, to the, to the world. Right? We, we, we see things, we smell things, we hear things, we, we touch things. That's, that's how we relate and how we understand and communicate with the world. Well, we're going to look and we're going to see some ways in which, in which we can relate to God through the scriptures. What do we do with the word of God? The first one is this. I receive the word of God. I receive it with my ears. I receive it with my ears. We're talking about hearing the Bible, hearing the word of God, hearing God speak to you through his word. 
Okay. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. Right. Every time you hear your pastor preach a message, you hear a Bible teacher, you hear a study on the radio. When you're hearing the word, your faith is being built up. Right, right, we right. build our faith by hearing the word, and you're, you're doing this right now. Okay? You're listening to the word of God being taught. Faith comes by hearing the message, and the message comes through the word of Christ. Let's look at and see what James has to say about this. James uh, chapter 1, verse 19. Everyone should be quick to listen. Quick to listen. Slow to speak and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Amen. Now I know we always talk about we always talk about Jesus saving us. Isn't it interesting? It talks about the word implanted in you which can save you. Jesus word is powerful. Jesus word is connected with him. He is the Word of God, the living Word of God, and we have the written Word of God that we can turn to. It is, salvation is through Jesus, it is through the Word of God. We know how Jesus saves us through the Word of God. We know it because of the Word of God. He says, be quick to listen. That's using my ears. And he says, accept the Word, receive the Word. So in this passage, it teaches I have to receive it with my ears. Now, this, it's an interesting word uh, here in the New King James Version. It says, it says to receive with meekness the word. Uh, the the uh, New, Living, uh, New Living Translation says accept the word. It's a hospitality term in the Greek. Receive, accept, just as you would accept and receive a stranger into your home and you would welcome, welcome that stranger into your home and you would say, you know what we always say, we don't ever mean it, but we always say, make yourself at home. We don't mean, we don't really mean that. We do not want them to really make themselves at home. Oh, I'll make myself at home. I think I'll go in your bedroom, go through your drawers, you know, see, go in your closet, see what I can yeah. find. Yeah, we don't really mean that, but we at least say it, right? Yeah. 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 And hopefully they know that we're not talking literally, okay? Yeah, make yourself at home, but don't plan on staying for three years. You know, don't, we, we don't want that. But you understand what that means. You're welcome in our home. We receive you. We accept you. We want you to come in, and we want you to be comfortable in our lives. That's what we do with the Word of God. We hear it, and we receive it, and we accept it. I want the Word. I welcome the Word. I accept the Word planted, planted in my life. It's interesting that, that often the, the Bible, the Scripture is compared to a seed. The word of God is, is a seed that is planted in our hearts. The parable of the sower that Jesus talks about. You know, he tells that story. That's what he's teaching. And he says receiving the word is actually that, that, that seed that's planted in your life. Right. It's the same for you to hear the word of God. Your, your heart has to be prepared. When you, come, when you come to church on Sunday, are you prepared to hear the word of God? Are you prepared? 
I, I had one of my mentors when I was a, I, I was young. I was fresh into the into Christianity. I'd just gotten saved. This man was my mentor. He was an older, retired pastor, and he was helping me. Uh, he had a lot of help that he needed to give to me. Trust me. Uh, and and you know, I would come, and we had a senior pastor in the pulpit who was not educated in the Word. He loved God. He loved people. He knew very little about the Word of God. He had three months' worth of sermons, and he just kept recycling them. Literally for five years, he just recycled those three months' worth of sermons. That's all he had. You know, and, I mean, it really got boring. And so we would come, you know, say, you know, oh, boy, here we go, another sermon by, by this man. You know, we loved him. De- you know, he loved God, but he just didn't have much to feed his flock with. Oh, but my mentor would leave that same service that I would leave grumbling like, oh, my, why didn't we hear someone else preach today? And he would be leaving in tears. And I was like, what are you, what are you crying about? He goes, oh, the word of God is so precious. The Holy Spirit was in this place moving. Didn't, didn't, you, sense, didn't you sense all that? I said, no, I didn't sense all that. I heard this sermon like five times already. What are you talking about? And he gave me a lesson. He said, Richard, you're not expecting when you come. You've got to prepare your heart when you come to worship. You've got to become prepared. You've got to be expecting God to speak to you. And God is using this man of God. And yo, he, 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 he's not the most educated man in the Bible. But he is God's man for us with God's message for us. Says so you've got to start preparing your heart before you come in. And you know what? That, that was one of the greatest lessons I ever learned. I never entered into that service again without praying. And if I saw the, the, the man in the pulpit was struggling, I'd be praying for him. Yeah, I'd be praying for it because I know he wanted to deliver the best he possibly could. And I wanted to hear something better than what I was obviously hearing, so I prayed for him. Yes, God, help him because I want to hear something good. And God began to speak. And I began to see God move in the church, and God moved. He was there all the time. But I was not prepared to hear it. For good reception, this, this passage teaches that, that you have to have four attitudes. Right? First, it says it, we have to be quiet. If we're going to hear the word of God, we need to be quiet. We need to quiet ourselves. Okay? And, and then he says you've got to be calm. Be, not only be slow to, or quick to listen and slow to speak, but be calm, quiet and calm, slow to become angry. When you're angry, you can't hear the word of God. When your emotions are all, and they're negative emotions, it's hard to hear the word of God and to hear God speaking to you. Be slow to become angry. And and, and then the third thing is, it says I need to be clean. In other words, I can't have any junk in my life, any sin piled up if I expect to hear God speak to me. The third thing he says, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent. Get rid of it. Be clean, be quiet, be calm, be clean. The fourth thing, it doesn't start with the right letter. 
I'm sorry. It would have been great if it did. Be humble. Be humble. Humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Other translations, meekly accept, meekly receive. Receive the word with meekness. Humble. Be, humi- be humble. Humility. What does it mean to be humble? It, it means to be ready to do whatever God tells you to do and not put up a, not put up a stop sign and say, whoa, no, God, I've got a better plan. No, that's what you need. That's how you, that's how you hear the word of God. But, you know, that, but that's where most people stop. Most Christians just stop right there. They hear the word of God. Let me tell you something. Within 72 hours of you hearing anything, Within 72 hours, you will have forgotten 95% of it. Within three days. I guess that's why we have midweek services. (laughs) Because we have to. But there is a way to improve those statistics. The second way to build my life on the Bible is not only do I hear it with my ears, but I read it with my eyes I read it I read it myself I receive it with my ears but I read it with my eyes I read the Bible you cannot grow without reading the Bible don't merely listen to the word it says listen but don't merely listen don't just listen to the word and so deceive yourselves because you're going to forget it do what it says Anyone who listens to the word of God but does not do what it says like the man who looks at his face in a mirror. Notice the mirror analogy. He says he looks at his face, his reflection in a mirror, and after looking at himself, he goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. That's what happens a lot of times on Sunday. You hear a great message. By the time you get to the parking lot, you've already forgotten a lot of it. Right? Yeah? You immediately, this man immediately forgets what he looks like, but here's the opposite. Be like the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom. Jesus sets us free. The word sets us free. He looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this and not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed by what he does. If you want God's blessing on your family, on your work, on your finances, on your health, the Bible says that you've got to do these things to be blessed. So so let's go back and and look at them. It says, the man who looks intently. That's one of the ways you get blessed. That's by reading the Bible. And, and And then he says, continues to do this. That's reviewing the Bible. We'll talk about that. And then not forgetting what he's heard, that's remembering the Bible. Not forgetting, but doing it, that's responding to the Bible. Then that person was going to be blessed. That's the person that gets blessed. So let's unpack this in in the remaining time uh, that we have. First it says, it says, the person who looks intently, not just hears the word, but he looks intently. What's he talking about there? He's talking about reading the Bible. But when I read it, I, I don't speed read it. Oh, we've, all, we've bought into this whole program of read through the Bible in a year. I mean, you're reading pretty fast. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a fast reader. I'm not the slowest reader in the world, but I am not a quick, I'm not a speed reader. 
I'll tell you what, you read through the Bible in a year, you're, you're spending some major time. You better be reading pretty quick to get through with that, right? I've tried those things. Yeah, and then that first day, you know, then I realized, oh, I missed. Oh, well, now, now tomorrow I've got to read twice as much. You know, and then, then I, I, I miss again. Oh, no, now I've got to read three times as much. You know, well, I didn't get that whole passage done this time, so I've got to add that on to tomorrow. It's frustrating, isn't it? Have you, you don't have to raise your hand, but have you ever tried to read through the Bible in a year and you didn't make it? And you know how that makes you feel. So I just gave up trying to do that. Instead of speed reading, I want to digest those passages. I want to read a little bit slower. Now, if you're into reading the Bible, I know, I, I've got a friend. I've read through the Bible in a year, every single year for the last 40 years. It's like, that's great. Good for you. you know, go for it. Yeah. You know, if that's your thing, fine. Do it. But the Bible talks about looking intently yeah. into the mirror. It's hard to look intently when you're like speed reading it through. I've got to get this passage done. Many times the Bible is compared to, to a mirror. The Bible compares itself to a mirror. What's the purpose of a mirror? The purpose of a mirror is to evaluate ourselves. Okay? There's two ways to look in a mirror. You can just glance in the mirror or you can gaze into the mirror. It's talking about the person who gazes into the mirror, not just glances. You know, I, I, I remember, you remember the show Happy Days, right? You know, Fonzie, right? right? Fonzie would walk by a mirror. Oh, there's a mirror, you know? And what would he do? You know, he'd look and he'd start, start, to, start to fix his hair, right? You know, he, but he'd look at his hair and he goes, hey. I mean, you can't, you can't fix perfection, right? Yeah. So he'd just glance. He said, oh, that's enough, you know, hey. You know, and he'd go right on. He was perfect, right? Well, we don't, if you're perfect, you can do the glancing in the Bible. None of us are perfect. We got to gaze. We have to gaze into it. So reading the Bible. Okay? The, the third one is I research it. I research it with my hands and my mouth. Now, I got to explain that one to you. I, I research the word of God with my hands and my mouth. It's called Bible study. There's a difference between Bible reading and Bible study, right? A lot, a lot of Christians read the Bible. They never really study the Bible. Here's where I think the difference is. If you're really studying the Bible, you've got a, a pen and paper in hand, and you're taking notes. You know, I have a friend who writes in the margins of his Bible. He writes really small. He write, I mean, he has got notes. He's got dates of what God said to him that particular day uh, because that passage spoke to him. And I mean, his Bible is literally, I mean, it is falling apart. And that's okay. Because he uses that Bible. And he can turn to any passage. Oh, 12 years ago. God spoke to me through this passage. He's got the date right there, you know, and what God said, said to him as he was reading. Okay, but reading, you know, I don't write that much in my margins of the Bible, but, but I do take notes. Okay? I write something down. That's researching it. That's reading with my hands. My hands, I'm actually writing things down. A and then I, I said, research it with your hands and your mouth. Talk to people about it. Talk it over. 
That's why when we have like, like discussion, Bible discussion groups, study groups, you can talk about it. Look, this is what, this is what it, it's, it seems to be saying to me. What do you think about this? Yeah. Because there, there is wisdom within the body of Christ. Yeah. There are people who are more spiritually advanced than you, and they can sometimes say, no, that's really not what that means. Here's what it means. Or, or you know, I see it this way, you know, and we can talk it out. That's how we learn the Word of God. We research it with my hands and with my mouth. We've got to hurry on. The fourth way, build my life on the Bible, I review and remember with my mind. I review and remember with my mind. The Bible says this in James 1.25, The man who looks intently, that's reading, into the perfect law and continues to do this, he looks and continues to do it. That's reviewing. He's reviewing. He's not reading it one time. He's looking intently and he's reviewing it. He continues to do this, not forgetting what he's heard, that's remembering. Not forgetting it. He will be blessed in what he does. It does no good to hear sermon after sermon after sermon after sermon and you forget 95% of it within 72 hours. That doesn't really help a lot. Okay? You're going to grow, but you're going to grow very slowly. We can't keep forgetting all these things. He says you're going to be blessed if you do what you... You can't do it if you don't remember it, Right? Review. You continually do this. You're pondering. You're thinking about it over and over. You're remembering, not forgetting. You're actually thinking about it. There's a, there's a spiritual word that we have in the Christian life. It's called meditation. And some people say, you know, they got they got this this far eastern idea of meditation. You know, you know, you you, you sit in the lotus position and you you know you um. You know, and you're and you're like meditating on the lint in your uh, belly button or something. You know, um, okay, that might be that kind of meditation. It's not the Bible kind of meditation. The Bible kind of meditation, you can do it. You already know how to do it. If you know how to worry, you know how to meditate. Because medita- worry is simply simply putting your thoughts and you're running the bad things that might happen, right, over and over and over in your mind. That's what worry is. And we all can do it, right? That means you can meditate on Scripture. Instead of all the bad things that might happen that probably won't happen, but you think they could happen, start taking some passages of Scripture, a verse or two verses. And running that through your mind over and over and over. And reviewing that. What does this mean to me, God? How does this speak to me? What are you trying to tell me through this passage, Lord? That's meditation. The Christian way. And we're all very well equipped. We can do this. But that's what you've got to do. And when you do that, you're remembering. You're remembering it. You're putting it through your mind over and over. And you're letting the Word of God really get planted deep in your mind. Here's what you can do. A lot of you drive to work. And uh, and you've got maybe quite a drive. I've got a 30-minute drive. You read a short passage of Scripture before you get in the car. I'm not suggesting that you read it while you're driving. Even though there's a lot of other people on the road, I think that's what they might be doing. But you read it before you get in there, 
and you just start your mind to working. And you, say, and you spend that half an hour talking to the Lord yeah, yeah. and reminding yourself of what that scripture was, what, yeah. what, that you just learned. You can't do that with a big, long, you know, two-chapter passage, but you can do that with a couple of verses. Yeah, yeah. Lord, Lord, speak to me while I'm driving. And you think about that instead of all the other things you could be thinking about. There's time. There, so, so you, oh, I don't have time to meditate on the Word. Sure you do. You just have to find it. It's there. Just look for it. Memory is like that, that muscle. It, it, it gets better the more you use it. So meditation. The meditation. Right. Well, here's number five. So I, remember we said I receive it with my ears. I hear it. I read it with my eyes. Read it for myself. I research it with my hands and my mouth. I write things down. I talk about it. I, I review and remember it with my mind. Here's number five, the last one. I respond to it with my actions. Yeah. I respond to it. That's the fifth thing James tells us to do with the Bible. He says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Turn it into action. He says, don't deceive yourself. How do we deceive ourselves? Well, we think if we heard something, we've got it. No, you don't. It just simply means you heard it. No, incorporate it into your life. You're not deceiving yourself when you're actually doing it. Someone has said you only believe the parts of the Bible you actually do. Wow. Let's go back to that story I started with. You know, Jesus ends the Sermon on the Mount with it, Matthew chapter 24. He says, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, he is like the man who built his house on the firm foundation. He is not going to be like the man who built it on the sandy foundation and lost everything. Everyone who hears these words of mine, Jesus said, and puts them into practice. You know, we don't know what's going to happen the rest of this year. We don't have any idea, 2018, 2019. We have no clue what's going to come our way. But when you start approaching the Word of God, more so than just listening to a sermon once a week, when we receive it with our ears, when we read it with our eyes and research it with our hands and review and remember it with our mind, and then we start responding by putting it into practice, what God has shown us, then that's going to build a firm foundation. doesn't matter what comes our way. The hymn writer said, wrote, How firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in his excellent word. Let God lay that firm foundation in your life so that a year from now you can look back and you can say, I, am, I have grown spiritually. I am closer to the Lord now than I was this time a year ago. That's our goal. That's our goal. Bless you.